Welcome to Surfing the Psychic Waves. I'm your host, Christy Walsh. I'm excited to say hello to the globe. Each week, I'll bring you new ideas to your spiritual path by letting you hear how other folks have walked their path or how they awakened. The planet, the solar system, and every being in it is waking up in some way. There's always bigger, brighter waves to surf that will change our world. So grab your boards. Hello, and welcome to Surfing the Psychic Waves. I'm Christy Walsh, and I'm joined in the etheric studio today with Lindy Cowling from the UK. Um, Lindy's been on the show before, and we've surfed many different kinds of waves, and we usually end up talking about ascension, which is where I think we're going to start today. Um, but Lindy Cowling um, is a medium hypnotherapist. She's a clairvoyant and many other clairs. She's working with clients around the world. So welcome, Lindy on your show it's lovely to be here oh i'm so glad you're here so i would like to ask what waves you're surfing right now well i think like everybody else uh the so uh such a oh, you're ba- now i can hear you so sorry uh usually when lindy and i uh get together our grandmothers like to join <laughs> in the in the group energy and um you're going in and out. Oh, so, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I did say hello to your your grandmother before. So Lindy's <laughs> grandmother, her name is Rose, as was mine. And uh, they like to get together and then they kind of take over and then we can't hear each other. So uh, <laughs> anyway, and um, so Lindy, your grandmother actually was out here on the West Coast of California, I think doing lots of different types of um, study psychic science type of study I think yeah absolutely that's where my link really initially came in with you you know all those years ago now quite a long, long time ago about 10 years ago I think because uh, my grandmother was uh, well known in the United States so she had her own healing center in San Francisco but she was also uh, scientifically kind of uh, researched, if you like, at Stanford and UCLA, and they used to test her healing capabilities. She could alter the molecular structure of water in sealed test tubes, for example. And then she was the first healer in the world tested by Dr. Maxwell Cade, uh, wired up to a machine called the Mind Mirror, which could scientifically prove that when a healer is channeling healing universal energy through them to a client or patient, the patient's brain waves come into the exact same pattern as the person giving the healing. So, you know, she was very much into um, being able to prove it scientifically and uh in some ways, I guess, you know, like many of the healers and mediums and psychics, then you can almost say they were slightly ahead of their time then, you know, you know, sometimes the, the world wasn't ready to hear that net, uh, at that point. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you know, she got spiritualist of the year and all sorts of things in her time. And, you know, she was also, uh, you know, on the other side of it, you know, she was a, an actual um, exorcist on that side of it. And she worked on some very famous cases and that. So, yeah, I, I come from that kind of lineage. And of course, my grandmother has passed over now, you know, um, but it came down you kind of through the family line there. So 
It's quite funny. It was something that I wasn't going to work in myself. Um, And then once I trained in hypnotherapy, all that changed. You know, once I started using trance for a living, I found that I could go into different levels of trance, you know, trance mediumship, you know, and I was picking up on information about my clients well outside the realms of the hypnotherapy side of it. And, uh, you know, to cut a long story short, uh, I've been working in all these kind of paranormal and consciousness arenas now for about 20 years. Uh, So it's quite funny. I never intended to go that way. And yet here I am today. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, and this, your grandmother's name is Rose Gladden. I should say that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a write-up because uh, she was in a lot of books in the 70s and 80s and there were a lot of things written about her. But nowadays, of course, time has passed, not so much. So as kind of almost like a tribute and a footnote to her on my actual website, www.lindycowling.co.uk, I've got a page dedicated to her, which, you know, says what her background was and how, how it manifested in her when she was 19 and you know, what she did. So that was, uh, you know, I thought it'd be good to do that. So she's got some sort of presence, so to speak, on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, no one would hear you. So no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so my grandmother, actually, one of my favorite pictures of her is her standing in front of a microphone singing in a radio station. Uh, wow. a very long time ago <laughs> and it's kind of like the same little mic that I have right now so yeah, you know that. it's very interesting how they sort of weave their way into you know your future life um, when you, you sort of least expect it and then they're making friends on the other side and saying hey well absolutely <laughs> these two yeah. should be friends it's um, exactly how they manage to kind of weave things in and you know connect up all the dots from the other side you know working with us on our behalf and uh you know it's it's something i'm really interested in how uh all this kind of links up and plays out in the here and now and definitely you know where you're concerned you know having um probably worked with you on and off and known you know you know now um for about 10 years um certainly my grandmother's influence was behind that originally definitely Um, you know, that's how really we linked up initially. uh, Yeah. So we were both at, uh, Stansted that same, the same year, like in 2007. Yeah. And then a mutual friend that was in both of our classes. (laughs) This is, this is how like the snapshot of mediumship, how it works. So this guy, um, that was just in my class in my small group at Stansted for the one week class that I was in, um, he had met you earlier. His name's Stevie. Uh, he yeah. had met you earlier in the year. And then somehow after being at Stansted, um, I, I started doing uh, radio work and podcasting. And then um, Stevie sort of came up in some of my interviews and then said, hey, you should really talk to Lindy. And something about the way he said it, I was like, I'd better do that. So... <laughs> <laughs> and he again is such a lovely genuine guy as well i nickname him stevie the psychic snowboarder because of course he was you know really well yeah. quite known establishing snowboarding but of course these days as a well-established medium you know working the circuit and seeing clients and all sorts of things as well now so yeah such a lovely genuine person and uh 
you know, it's a, a wonderful how all these things kind of link up. And, and it was a wonderful thing. I didn't even know he'd done this, but he got uh, quite a major magazine interview done about him uh, quite a few years ago. And uh, he didn't name me by name, but he cited me as, um, you know, almost kind of like a, an influential experience while he was at Stansted. Uh, when we had to work with one another, you know, experimenting, you know, because some very personal but powerful information came through to kind of validate stuff for him. And I remember saying to him then, you know, almost as a predictive thing, you know, you're going to definitely be working the circuit. You know, I can see that coming for you. And, of course, he's, you know, nowadays he's doing all of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so these stories keep going on. It's been very nice, I got to say, having – uh, access to the sort of mediumship realm or spiritualism, because in my mind, and I know you've worked with timelines a lot, it's like the past and the present and the future, are ki- they kind of keep weaving in and out of each other. And uh, it's been kind of nice. And then when you go to create something new, it's like, oh, yeah, I really was. I had that conversation back with my grandmother, you know, years ago. And here I am doing this whatever it is now. So it's just kind of interesting how um, you get this kind of circle of life when you are um, kind of exploring the the other side or that idea of the other side. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. just like this crisscross, crisscross, isn't it? I mean, I see it almost like in a spiral, like um, – shape almost like you would see dna and we kind of cross at certain points and then we we cross when we say you know we cross we cross with multiple dimensions and realities and multiple timelines all sorts of things you know we cross at certain points i call them nodes uh those crossover points and then we kind of move away a little bit then we come back in and it it makes a beautiful pattern i love the way that you keep referring to it as weaving because that really is the the language i use as well i always say it's like a stitch in the tapestry it's Mm -hmm. like weaving kind of the grid um yeah so you know it's wonderful that we can touch base with certain people and events and experiences and ancestry at certain points and it kind of all melds in you know it's uh you know, the wonderful times that I'm working in now is we're not repeating patterns either. You know, we're creating new ones. So if there's a detrimental pattern going on within a family or bloodline or ancestry, um, instead of it repeating over and over again in genetics, epigenetically, um, you know, in, in any kind of way there, um, what we're finding is the more conscious we're becoming is we don't have to repeat those detrimental patterns whether it be illnesses, whether it be behavioural, you know, all these kind of things. Uh, so this is an, a real exciting kind of, that's really what makes me buzz, that whole world of quantum quantum science, quantum consciousness. That's where we're heading as we're waking up, basically. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit more about that, about the not repeating the patterns. or It's like when you start working with the ancestors, or however you want to look at that realm, or you start looking at your DNA or uh, just ancestry in, in general, it's like you start to realize different patterns or different things that happen to, you know, all the women in your family had, you know, this situation happen. It's like, how do you look at that energy and not and create the new thing? Well, I think, yeah, the the kind of basic premise to it really is that the more that we individually and uniquely become 
aware of our own patterns, in other words, become more conscious, the more we make that journey from the logical linear brain into the multidimensional, non-linear heart portal, uh, the more we make the unconscious patterning, uh, we're aware of it, uh, we kind of are shifting the whole dynamics there so that what we took for granted is that, you know, if every um, female in the family has this certain trait or every female in the family at a certain age develop an illness, and we've taken that as well, you know, that's just the way it is, we now know that actually that's not true and we can change some of these patterns by becoming aware and conscious of them so it's not just a kind of a fate complete that that's the luck of the draw and the cards you're dealt by becoming conscious you're changing your cells your dna your frequency your cellular structure and you're actually rewriting those those uh, let's say that blueprint and that template that you came in with so i'm seeing evidence of this i'm very evidence-based that's the kind of scientific side of me very evidence-based and i'm seeing evidence of this in my work all the time people that are rewriting and upgrading these inner templates inside them their inner circuit board so that they are not um, almost by default repeating certain patterns of behavior or certain patterns of illness and you know we're finding out things about this all the time you know and without going into too much detail here because I'm literally revealing this at this moment in time as I'm going, we're really discovering that a lot of um, viral, what we can can term as viral components, viral consciousness components that affect soul and spirit are also involved in this dynamic. And this is a very new area, Mm -hmm. you know, involved in a new area of research where I'm getting input on that all the time. Um, which is something we've never even considered. You know, how can you have a contract something that, that the body responds to as a virus on a soul level, for example? Uh, there was a video I brought out on my YouTube channel a number of, of years ago, only due uh, the awareness I had at that time called soul viruses, but I know so much more now. I'm learning all the time, you know, um, as I become more conscious, more information is becoming available to me from my higher self, as it is with everybody else as they become more conscious. So we are discovering things all the time, you know, and I think our whole way we look at DNA and consciousness is, is shifting significantly and it's going to shift significantly more as we realize the effect not only of of what all this is happening but having on us but how we can actually alter that Um, and it starts individually it starts with us you know it starts with us going for our own individual essential you know ascension journey Mm -hmm. making that journey from the head to the heart that's where it starts and then all this other stuff is part and parcel of it. So it's, it's a great thing to know that we don't have to be handing down some of the more negative side of things to our younger generations, you know, stuff that we haven't meant to hand down, you know, emotionally, epigenetically, as well as genetically. You know, we don't mm. have to expect them to shoulder that burden and take it on. Um, you know, it's not kind of uh, walking away from the ancestry because it's part of who we are, but it's recognizing that some of the detrimental detrimental patterns that keep repeating, uh, we do have uh, some way of rewriting that, which 
up to quite recently, we didn't realise that. We just thought, well, that's the cards we're dealt. You know, let's try and make the best of it. But in fact, uh, you know, we're, it's all ties in with the energy of creation, creating one's reality, you know. But in order to create one's reality, you kind of reach a, a level of consciousness where some of these epigenetic and genetic kind of obstacles um, are rewritten out of the way. This all ties into timelines, you know, how can you align with your higher reality or higher timeline if you've got one arm and one leg tied behind your back genetically repeating mm-hmm. stuff from the ancestry. Um, so these are it all interlinks. Again, that word woven, it all crisscrosses, you know, in that tapestry again. It's all interlinked. But the bottom line is it starts with us, you know, each and every one of us that signs up on a soul or spiritual level to become more conscious. uh, We all hit these kind of points and we all hit these kind of moments. And uh, certainly in the work that I've been doing and in my it's very experiential. So I don't talk, teach, share about anything I haven't lived through personally and experienced. I'm quite um, big on that. That's just the way I like to do it. And uh I remember three or four years ago, and again, I shared it on my YouTube channel, uh, when I hit a point that I suddenly realized, oh, I don't have to clear the ancestral stuff in the same way anymore. It's now shifted. I've shifted. Something in me shifted. And it's, it's, I'm now perceiving it in a different way as my own consciousness was changing. And actually, um, it's not really... Yeah having to always take it on and clear it but actually it's alchemizing it it's clearing it through you not taking it on but actually you know bringing it in in one way converting it within yourself and you know moving through it in another so yeah yeah big changes going on there yeah i i would agree um other i guess ancestral work i've done in the past you would see patterns um, or when I'm looking at the energy, I would see patterns and just decide, oh, well, that's what they did. That was because of the time period. Or I would have all these reasons and sort of justifications of why this thing is going on in my family. And yet, uh, what if the ancestors, that was just the first step they took. So, so I guess to be on the same page with you, which we usually are, which is why the grandmothers show up all the time, is that, um, it's like we can take the next couple steps and what would that look like? So I don't need to tell myself the horrible story of, you know, a situation over and over again um, that occurred, let's say, in one side of my family. Um, but I could look at that energy and be like, okay, they were able to get this far with a certain amount of energy. What can I do this lifetime or this group of energies that are around me right now? And uh, that's been very new. Exactly. Maybe, maybe the last year. Exactly. Uh, and I actually, it's great the language you're using again, because I actually refer to these as stepping stone energies. And that's something mm-hmm. I use in client. I use that reference in client sessions all the time. I say, oh, yeah, don't worry, you're in a stepping stone energy. Um, and that's, again, I really, I only started seeing that in the, really the last few years. It's quite a recent thing again. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as the overall global state of awakening has increased hugely, the overall general base rate of consciousness is raising. I mean, sometimes it's hard to tell that, you know, when you maybe look at 
out of your window or look at your street or look at what's happening in the world. You know, people sometimes give a big sigh of dismay and say, oh, my God, you know, it's going in a particular direction. But overall, working in this arena, underneath all that, there is a vast awakening going on. And the, and the changes that we were predicting would happen many, many years ago, several years ago now, are actually now taking place. You know, I'm seeing it in my practice every day of the week. Um, which means people, you know, this, this, these old patterns, these old emotional knee-jerk responses, you know, on these very basic levels, mm-hmm. how people are interacting in relationships are changing. You know, the biggest relationship uh, template, you know, to change is that is that one, you know, relationship of Christy to Christy, you know, Christy to the world, Christy to source. Uh, Christy to God, Christy to the universe, Christy to the other or another. And Mm -hmm. that relationship template is the heart of ascension. Nothing changes without that relationship template changing. So that raising of consciousness starts there. And everybody, but everyone that goes through that process hits that at some point. How long they take to pass through that, it varies from everyone. You know, it's not quick. It might take them, you know, a few years to do it or longer. But everybody hits that point, Um, you know, myself included. You know, I hit that point. And uh, once you move through that, it's, it's like opening a series of gateways. You know, you think, oh, yeah, I've got to where I needed to get to then. And then, no, that was just one gateway. Another one opens. And the, I always describe it as... Um, a ladder of consciousness and as one steps on the first rung uh you know another rung opens up and so you keep going and going you know basically as far as you can go within this lifetime before you pass over to the other dimensions and of course you know you're going up into other rungs of consciousness then so it's a never-ending story in a way uh but the great thing this time round here on earth is that we are getting to do it while we're in the human vehicle we're not having to leave the body to do this now and ascend in the other dimensions this is where you know it rocks or it sucks you know because (laughs) you know we're doing it in the human body and that can be challenging uh but it also is wonderful (laughs) yeah i think we forget uh that um it's not like you have this life then you like ascend when you die it's like now so and i think there's so many um energies on the planet that are have been waking up for many years now um that we're getting this field of energy where you can really move and change things very quickly because somebody else had the wild thought about, I don't know, expanding their consciousness in a certain way. And then somebody else does it. And then somebody else does it. And they're all in different directions. Well, when I go into sort of ascension mode and I'm running my energy and I'm doing all this stuff, <laughs> moving energy around, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can move this way over there. And I'm like, how did that happen? I mean, yeah. I mean, I've been doing active classes since, oh God, 93. No, before that, actually, I would think it was 87. Uh, I started my first like meditation class and then I, you know, you kind of do a lot and then take a break and then keep going and then take a break and take another class and you kind of keep egging yourself on. Um, and there's always the fight in the past with, oh, I want to change everything. And, oh, I only want to change these four things. Or if 
this one thing changed, everything would be great. And so this fine tuning has gotten a lot easier. I don't feel there's a big pushback. It's like I wake up in the morning thinking a new thought and I just kind of roll with that one. Because <laughs> when we first start on this journey, um, we're, we're really fired up, really, in a way to change the world. And we're sort of so fired up in that. And over a period of time, it, it, it kind of filters back down as you go through your journey to realizing it, it all it begins with us and it ends with us and we are our own universes in a way and it, as yeah. you bring it back inside yourself you realize that the key to everything is that shift in your own awareness and your shift in your own consciousness and you know that change within your own templates because it does change the world how does that change the world because it changes the frequency and the vibration that runs up and down your family bloodlines. It's, it yeah. changes the vibration and frequency in the soul families. You are putting out a more conscious frequency, which is encourages your family to become more conscious. And overall, over the passage of time, that is a world change because the world becomes more conscious. And as the world becomes more conscious, the people within that world create and co-create the reality they wish to participate in rather as responders to it and responding to life and feeling you have no control within it and no participation within it rather you know it's a it's a whole different kind of uh perception and so it's it is all those changes but in ways that when we're in our early days we didn't realize you know it's it all comes back to us i mean it's quite funny how we learn that in the end, and yet all the big esoteric teachings will track you back to that. They'll track you back to the metaphysical heart. They'll track you back to being in the moment, in the here and now. They'll track you back to this. But when you just read it in books, they're just concepts, and once you actually move through that process for real, you have that realisation of it, but not only that realisation and that light bulb moment, but you actually have a shift to your consciousness uh, which once that's happened, you can't go back as you were before. And there are so many, it's like a pebble in the water, you know, there there are so many ripples that come out from that that affect everyone and everything, really with the families to start with, soul and blood families, but then it goes out to the towns, the villages, the countries, the collective consciousness. And we are going to reach a point we're not quite there yet but we're not that far off where there are so many pebbles in so many pools of water sending out these ripples that we have pretty much a tsunami of awakening you know because there's so much going on now with this yeah i I think if we look to any of the news stories which i won't point any of them out you know which ones they are that just really um seems so jarring and and just full of malice and and just different types of negative energy it's like it's forcing pretty much anyone who's seen any news stories in the last year to get into meditation or go take a walk in nature or it's like it's kind of backfiring like whatever that purpose was to make everyone disjointed and disconnected it's making people find connection um and so I'm really interested to see if we've gotten this far. I mean, with the collective sort of wakening on the planet, like what happens a year from now? It just seems that um, the people that are 
around me right now are very thoughtful and trying to be as conscious as they can. And I don't know that I actually either noticed that before or I paid attention to it. Or I mean, I'm different. <laughs> it's like everything's changing. Um, but it's it just keeps getting bigger. I guess the way you can interact with the world and those around you keeps um, evolving and growing and getting more, I guess, um, cohesive or co- I mean, a word that's been bounced around a lot is uh, coherence. It's like there's something happening with the collective where we can find common ground so much quicker than we used to. I, and absolutely. I mean, if, if we think of literally like Shakespeare, you know, all the world's a stage and everyone's playing a part. If you bring out one or two let's say, perceived villains playing a part, you know, whether yeah. it's in politics, whether it's in, you know, reform education, wherever it is, there's nothing like um, causing a reaction in people. But also, again, you know, having that effect of this is the main villain here, therefore we need to look at this. It, it highlights things. It highlights things within people. It actually brings things to their awareness that things weren't, that weren't at their awareness level before, things that were in the subconscious. So it's wonderful for that kind of thing. And I think what I'm saying here is even though it's really challenging and it's very challenging in the United Kingdom here as well with all this malarkey and agenda behind the old Brexit vote thing and everything we're seeing here, I can tell you here the average Briton has really reached that, that point where, you know, there's going to be um, – you know, a lot going on here because people have been pushed, you know, practically for three and a half years on this. And, you know, the government here aren't respecting what the British people voted for. So the average person in Britain, you know, is bubbling away nicely on this. But it's another example, you know, it's our form of what's going on across the world again, where people are are being pushed to really understand, okay, what is the world we want to live in? Uh, What is truth? Uh, What is what is coming from that compassionate honest space you know what is coming from the best for everybody what is you know it's bringing everything up and it's uh, on the outside it would seem as if it was disjointing and splitting people apart but actually that's just the surface level like you say underneath it it's making people question things and you know even people that weren't on an awakening path Mm -hmm. originally are noticing okay, I don't like this. Uh, it, it doesn't make sense anymore. This is not the kind of way that I want the world to be. And starting to make change about that. Think, the changes start with them thinking differently about it, of course, and then, you know, it leads on top of things. It always, again, starts with them. And, there, you know, you can go anywhere now. You know, for example, you know, just a couple of stores I went into in the last couple of days. And to hear the way people talk now, about things it's very different to say a year or two years ago people are actually talking about things openly now um how they want to create change which i mean you just didn't see that i mean definitely didn't see it in going and walking into a store or a shop in the united kingdom for example and and hearing somebody that's serving you you know talking about this stuff but it's bringing up conversation. I mean, and that's how change starts, isn't it? We start talking about it, you know, we start getting together, uh, you know, and that's where it begins. So, yeah, there's a, there's a real lot of stuff happening underneath the surface. And I think we can apply that pretty much to every country in the world. I don't feel anywhere is untouched by that unless you happen to be on one of the few remaining remote desert islands with virtually no civilization <laughs> on it you know everybody is 
sitting up and taking notice of, you know, what's going on here. Yeah. Yeah, I want to... Well, when we talk about ascension, you know, we say, you know, yeah, it starts with us, every single human being, but that's that's what also the knock-on effect is creating these global changes in politics and everything else, you know. Um, in order to express that through us, it's going to go right the way up to the top, from the, you know, right the way down again. It's just going to flow right the way through. So it's inevitable there's going to be shifts, big, big shifts. I mean, we've been kind of predicting this coming for a number of years, but we are in that period of time now, which... To some people, they'll feel like it's quite volatile because it seems like it on the surface, but actually underneath it, there's this real much bigger picture going on. In order to make the unconscious conscious, it has to be revealed for what it is. And, you know, we're going to see the good, we're going to see the bad, we're going to see the ugly within ourselves, within everyone, within the mass population. But that's how you make the unconscious conscious. That's part of the ascension process. How do we do it otherwise? So can we talk about the heart? Like I feel yes. like we almost get yes. there and then we don't quite yes. know, bring it out. Well, the wonderful, the wonderful portal of the heart. And again, you know, it's, a, it's another beautiful example, isn't it? Uh, you know, having worked in the arena for 20 years now, I would say even seven or eight years ago, I had vaguely heard of this, you know, conceptual term of, um, you know, going into the heart and coming from the heart and um, unconditional love, that term there. And I I thought I had a vague idea of what it meant, uh, but really didn't until I went through, you know, a vast awakening process triggered through an ascension template, you know, that that kind of linking into that twin flame union template thing and that was my journey into the heart there many years ago and you know basically what that is again if we go back to that word consciousness is it triggers the higher levels of consciousness within us within you to activate so that your perception begins to change your reality begins to change you start to question who you are who the world is what's happening in the world, it brings you into a state of, uh, let's say, a more loving state. That's not immediate. There is a lot of change and emotional change that takes place first and a lot of triggering and projection, but it takes you ultimately into a more peaceful state, a more creative state. You know, it's, it's that whole raising of your frequency that knocks on to be, again, creating your reality, changing your reality, uh, the, the most amazing thing, I think, is that it's like somebody takes a blindfold off you and you didn't even realize you had a blindfold on or you realize that you've been walking through your whole life sleepwalking and you didn't even know you were sleepwalking until you were awake. You know, it's a it's an extraordinary thing that you can never go back from. Once it's happened, it's happened. And uh, again, you know, this this journey into the heart, when it happens, it's unmistakable. In the early years, you have little activations in the heart, which means you'll have a surge of sensations, feel very blissful. Sometimes it can be quite uncomfortable. And uh, you can have that triggered by another person. You can have it triggered by a life event. Um, and you can wonder what's happening. You know, lots of people rush to the ER department to get checked out because uh, they think, oh, what am I having a, some kind of heart attack or something like that? All mm-hmm. sorts of weird and wonderful things go on. I mean, that was like that for me in the early years as well. 
And then uh, this process is kept going. You know, people will come in to kickstart it. Uh, you'll meet somebody and that will accelerate it again. A live event will accelerate it until eventually your heart portal gets to a stage where it doesn't need the outside stimulation anymore. It's got the hang of it. It basically takes over. So when it happened to me, sometimes I was in, sometimes I was out, then I was in, then I was out, and I could feel the difference. Went on for a couple of years, then suddenly I was in and I stayed in. And even it doesn't matter what life throws at me, and I have my fair share of things that life throws at me, I still don't get knocked out of that heart portal. So it seems to me I like talking in energy size and percentage. Um, Once the heart portal had 70% capacity, it took over. So when I say heart portal, it is the energy that overlays the physical heart. is isn't the physical heart, it's the metaphysical heart over the top, uh, which is something like like 50,000 times more powerful than the rest of the energy field. It's a vast vortex, actually, multidimensional quantum vortex, really. And once it takes over, well, again, everything changes. You go into a different rung of your consciousness. You're on, a, you're on that quantum journey. You're on that multidimensional awakening journey. It's You don't even know this stuff exists until you're on that journey. I didn't know it existed. I mean, I've... Again, it's experiential. I'm going through all those things and I've gone through many of those things, which is how I've learned what it is. And then working with thousands of people over 20 years, Mm -hmm. seeing it, witnessing it, you know, learning and, you know, growing and helping them with it. So, you know, that that heart portal is everything. I mean, that the heart is the heart of ascension. The heart contains all of these templates we're talking about. The heart is that full consciousness and of course, we've been in a world that has pretty much, in a linear sense, not encouraged us to make that journey to the heart because everybody that makes that journey to the heart becomes empowered. They become a sovereign being. And when we haven't lived in a world that has wanted that because a world full of sovereign, empowered beings is going to be a very different and much more wonderful world. And there's not always a vested interest in that. And again, you know, this is what's changing. Uh, There's so many people coming into the heart now. It is an unstoppable process. It cannot be stopped. It doesn't matter what happens at this point now. The the balance has been tipped. That is inevitable. Nothing will stop that now. Too many people are tipping over into that heart portal now. Uh, So we're out of that period of time when it could have been prevented. So we are now seeing this escalate and move at speed and... uh, You know, there's a prediction for you within the next 30 years. I don't think we'd be talking in terms like this at all anymore. It would have already been happened, established. and the I know, the show is going to be really silly. (laughs) 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 We'll end up in like a time capsule. We'll have a whole new one, I should think, by then, yeah. Something completely different in whatever we have then. I mean, it's almost like hard to imagine, isn't it? I mean, can you imagine how much things would have shifted by then, by about 30 years? I mean, wow, unrecognisable. I mean, the children now are coming in, you know, wired consciously. They're coming in now, activated that way. So, you know, by then, wow, what a what a different kind of reality we'll be existing in. And 
I was going to say it's been a long time coming, but we have been at this point before. We've been there in the, in the civilizations of Atlantis and Lemuria. We got it wrong. We were wiped. The slate was wiped. We are rounds again now, and this time we're getting it right. And, you know, this time it's we are getting it right. You know, we've learned. If we go back to ancestry again and cellular consciousness and DNA, there are many of us that have the memories, if you like, of those times, consciously, subconsciously, and DNA and the energy there yeah. that knows what went wrong before. And there, we have no intention of repeating it again. You know, we know what was behind it. So this time round, I'm going to call it the last time round now, this is we're going to get it right. And, you know, again, this is why um, science, archaeologists are finding things, you know, that don't add up with the historical facts we've been taught because we're a very advanced civilizations long before the stage we've got to now you know we've been done it all before but this time we're getting it right yeah i think sometimes um we get those threads when we have very uh big reactions to things or responses to things. It's like sometimes they don't make sense in this lifetime. And um, I have noticed that I have to like take a step back when I find myself reacting a lot to something like, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. Is this really me, you know, present time having this reaction or is this something that I already saw before? And I know how whatever the situation is, is going to end and I better, you know, react. <laughs> I better, I better make a change. So I, I have been noticing that there's something else I could sort of maneuver around when I get these big uh, responses is that it's not just, you know, this lifetime, there's other things that I'm remembering. And um, there, it just seems that this year, um, there's just been a lot of uh, sort of tools coming to the surface or ways to work energy. Um, just before uh, the show, we were talking about uh, getting support and different kinds of healing support. I think that's really easy to come by these days uh, yes. where you can find the right person to, to work energy with. And it may not be, you know, for the next 10 years, it might just be for the next six months or one month. Um and you move through energy, but you need like somebody to hold your hand while you do it. <laughs> that's why it's actually not- I call Venus <laughs> or you. Yeah. So uh, uh, there's so much openness there now to what there was, you know, just a few years ago, isn't there? Yeah. It's, it's much more, um, you know, open. So people don't feel so shy or so nervous about going to any of that. And like you were, you know, correctly saying, it's one of the biggest questions I ask myself now, which has been a huge learning curve for me is if I'm particularly feeling a lot of strong emotion or, or strong sensation with something and, I've, and it goes on for a while, I don't assume it's mine anymore, which I made the mistake of that for many years. I actually sit down, I put my hand over my heart and say, is this mine? And sometimes all I need is that knee-jerk response, yes or no. Usually I see energy in terms of percentages, 20% yours, 80% not, or no, it's not yours. And either way, all you do is just say to spirit, angels, God, source, the universe, your guides. Okay, can you take that out and take it back to neutral, send it out to be neutralized? 
And that way you're not holding on to it, you're clearing it through you and you're taking it out to neutral. And that way, whether it's linked with ancestry, whether it's linked to the collective consciousness, whether it's linked to you know, people you know, uh, you are giving it a chance to flow through you and clear through. And if there's any work that's got to be done, if you hold on to some residual stuff, you'll be the first one to know about it because it will keep coming back to bite you, you know, and you'll realise, okay, there's a little bit of stuff I've got to do on that. Whether it's healing, whether it's counselling, whether it's past life regression, whether it's sound, um, clearing through with sound, um, which is something very dear to my heart, you know, I've massively gotten into sound at the moment uh so you know just on my youtube channel uh, recently and i've announced i'm just finishing an album of uh sound and music i call it solar transmissions of nice. uh, soundtracks they're like film soundtracks but it's me making sound with a voice and my youngest son who's a, a composer and actor and writer um, also a natural channel, by the way, also um, actually bringing the music through the right sounds, the pitches, the frequencies to uh, release energy through them, through people without them having to go down a long analytical route of finding out what it was. Just listening to it triggers the release of that motion or triggers that activation. There are many people starting to use different techniques, suddenly feeling inspired yeah. to do something like that creatively. So, you know, there's so much available to us now, isn't there, that we can use to kind of do this, uh, which is great. You know, we're not limited here. There's a number of ways we can do it, and sometimes it needs a number of different things, you know, to crack that egg wide open. You know, it doesn't have to be just one thing. Uh, for one person, it might be an analytical route. Uh, another person, it's healing. Another person, it's a bit of all of it. Another person, it's sound. Uh, you know, sometimes it's all of the above. But the great thing is, is we've got it all available to us. Nobody has to do this all on their own. I'm really big on that. I couldn't, I wouldn't be here today if I'd have done it all on my own. I needed that support. And, you know, it's, it's, it's knowing when to say, I need that support. I need some help with this. Um, it's very, very important because it can be overwhelming when you go through these changes, as lovely as they are. You know, that it can be overwhelming. Uh, so, you know, I'm a big one for that. Go get that support as and yeah. when you need it. Yeah, exactly. So, Lindy, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about Ascension. Lovely. Thank you. Okay. This is Christy Walsh. We hope you're enjoying the surf today. Come find me on Twitter at Christina Surfing, on SoundCloud or Facebook at Surfing the Psychic Waves, and check out the archives on inflowradio.com. I would love to hear what waves you're surfing right now. For live shows, here's the number to call. 1-760-456-7277. That number again, 1-760-456-7277. 
This is Christy Walsh from Surfing the Psychic Waves, and we are talking to Lindy Cowling from the UK. She's been on the show before, and we usually get into all sorts of uh, talk about what's going on in the surf, and today we're talking about ascension. Uh, Lindy is a medium, she's a hypnotherapist, she's a clairvoyant, and she's working with clients around the world. So welcome back, Lindy. Thank you, Christina. Thank you. And it's interesting. Um, I say to you, actually, because it brought something to mind there, where we were saying about people are awakening all over the world. I've seen some phenomenal changes there. And, for example, just this very week, I have got my first clients ever in 20 years uh, from Korea, Oh, a great. country that I had never worked with before. So I've worked with most countries in the world. There are a couple I haven't, you know, particular hotspots that perhaps don't get access to the internet or there's something going on, you know, with conflict-wise, shall we say. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, look at that. I mean, look at that for a change. Korean clients approaching me to do sessions, which is absolutely phenomenal because that's something that's never happened before. So, you know, this is a it's an unstoppable process wherever you are, because even if you haven't got access to the information outside of you, these are inner processes that are being activated and stimulated spontaneously wherever you are in the world, whatever you're doing. And, you know, some situations are more... Um, it's easier to get stimulated that way, shall we say. There are less distractions to it, um, less diversions to it. But, you know, whatever way you cut it there, wherever you are in the world, you're not going to be able to avoid this process. And although not everybody will go through the process by their own free will, they won't choose it, it is going to be available to everybody. I mean, it is available to everybody. Yeah. And the more of us that take that step, the more that the collective consciousness hears that sound and are also encouraged to kind of open their eyes, uh, open the eyes of the heart and start, you know, mm-hmm. functioning from their reality, creating their reality from there. A, a huge wake up call is going on inside people. Yeah. And I think um, we kind of egg each other on or, or you know, encourage uh, others around us when we're going through our own change. And I think it's a some type of a marketing metric that each person has at least 200 people they're in communication with in some way. And, you know, if one, if that one person in the center of the, the spoke of the wheel, or I'm, I'm not sure I'm saying that right, but the center of uh, these 200 people, you're going to be able to um, influence folks pretty easy if you're just doing meditation every day or you're just going for that walk and and talking to nature and enjoying you know the world around you it's like that rubs off on other people exactly it rubs off on that practical level because they're seeing you doing it and they're watching you living by that example and actually on that energy level as well on that consciousness level you're putting out a certain frequency or a pitch that although yeah. it can't be heard with a physical ear, that can be picked up in every sense of the word. And what it does, it is almost like a, it's a calling, a sound that goes out to encourage those around you, whether it be friends or family or work colleagues, you know, whatever, um, to to almost it's kind of a stimulating kind of sound frequency that it stimulates other people also 
to start that particular journey. And like I say, it's um, it's a journey that some people will take. Some people will go so far and decide, I want to get off that particular roundabout. I don't want to go any further. But of course, you know, a few billion there are going to be taking it and are starting, to, you know, it's already starting. And they will take it right the way through to its conclusion. And if you were to ask what that conclusion is, it is to become as conscious as is absolutely possible whilst remaining in the human body to ascend within the human body meaning the heart portal is in the lead you are creating your reality responding to life from that portal and you become the embodiment of it you know in the body meant you Mm -hmm. remain in the body doing it and that is the hardest thing for people to do because especially in the spiritual arena the light worker industry they are notorious and i speak for one that's worked in it for 20 years for spiritual bypassing for avoiding the human part of it the the body part of it i i was one of them i had to learn the hard way uh in the last several years really to finally for the first time in my whole life get into the body, remain in the body, stay in the body, anchor in the body. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. I found that challenging, but I've done it, and now it's become normal to me to do it. But it's yeah, almost like it I had a to struggle. force myself. Yeah, I had to yeah, force for myself. It's very easy to leave it, isn't it? But to actually stay in it, it's, it's, that's where your mastery takes place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, isn't it? Yeah, it's gotten a lot easier. I think over the years we would talk about um things in terms of like oh the emotional baggage i'm carrying around with me or like that or my aura is really big right now or <laughs> there would be these words that we would say to sort of show that we were encumbered by the energy around us um yes. and if i was in my body i would be that much more sensitive to what's around me but now it's more like oh Here's all this stuff. This is great. I can do all sorts of stuff. Um, I can move this around. I can um, let it go. Or I can change the energy to be a different color or a different quality. And now it doesn't seem so, like, offensive. Because <laughs> the reason yeah. why I was leaving was, like, I was overwhelmed. And now I'm like, oh, wait, I want to be in my body and see what what's going on. Because I see more when I'm in my body. Um, which is kind of interesting. And then, you know, meditation wise, it's so easy for me to leave. (laughs) And and, in my early work uh, life, uh, outside of uh, podcasting and stuff, um, I would just the minute there was a meeting, I'd be gone. (laughs) I would be like floating around somewhere else, totally not even near the building of whatever building I was supposed to be in. So I'm not sure why all that was there and why I I was doing things that way, but now I'm like, oh, there's there's a whole party going on in, in here. <laughs> I got to check well, it I out. I think what, what happens there and why that's, let's say, the last part of the puzzle when you're making this journey, and it has been for me as well, the, the other bits of it were relatively easy compared to actually coming into situ and staying with it within the body. But I feel you know, there's a number of reasons for that, but the main reason is as, as you become the embodiment of that energy, 
there is a series of alignments that take place between the speed and the vibration and frequency of what your spiritual energy, essence energy, we call it, is. Like, like a rocket docking with a space station, coming mm-hmm. in to land and stay in situ and everything line up um, and all the templates lined up and refining all in place um, and actually staying there. There's like a docking process, which doesn't happen in five minutes. It happens over a period of time. And it's like everything has to come into alignment. And there's all sorts of things that stop that alignment. There's there's resistance, there's emotion, there's fear, there's patterns. Again, there's belief systems, there's old stuff uh, that slows it down, stops it. There's blocks in the system. But eventually it gets to a point where that docking process happens. And then the body, really, which is an integral part of the process, and none of us realized how much of a part of the process body and body consciousness is. It's part right at the heart of it again. Um, because without the body vehicle, you know, we're not going to do it in the body. The body needs to be part of it. Otherwise, we're going to be leaving it. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, I'm going to call it the final stages of the actual part of, of actually getting it um, in situ, so to speak, before you mm-hmm. then, it's not done, your consciousness still raises, but it raises through the body, not as like a concept, something you tune into and then switch off again or come out of and then go into again. You're it 20, you know, you're it 24 seven. I always say you're it, whether you're in the store, picking the kids up from school, whether you're in the restroom, whether you're asleep, you know, whatever you're doing, you're it 24 seven. And of course, a lot of people struggle against that because it doesn't sound very glamorous but in fact, that is part of being human, being it 24-7, your heart portal in the lead, 24-7. Before then, you get to a stage where you decide, wow, this is amazing. What do I want to do with this? What do I want to create with this? What changes do I want to make with this? You know, finding out that you're your own Harry Potter. You know, <laughs> that's where the fun starts. That's where the fun starts. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh my God, then there's so much I can do. This is amazing. Exactly. Um, Yeah. So I just want to say thanks, Lindy, for joining us today on Surfing the Psychic Waves. We covered a lot of ground in a very short period of time, like we usually do. And um, can you tell us again where folks can find you? Yeah. And thank you so much for inviting me on the show, Krista. I really appreciate it. Um, You can find me on www.lindycowling.co.uk. That's my website. You can find me on YouTube under Lindy Cowling, Patreon under Lindy Cowling, uh, Instagram again under Lindy Cowling. Um, I've got all sorts of free material up on YouTube there to help people in all sorts of ways and shapes and I also offer one-to-one client sessions, uh, which I'm offering for October. I'm booked till October, actually, but October, November, and December are sitting there for one-to-one. So that's, uh, that's that's where I am. You'll find me there. But I want to thank you so much for allowing me to come into your space and do this with you, Christy. And uh, thank you so much to all your listeners across the globe. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's been lovely. Thanks so much. So you can find out more on surfing the psychic waves at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in.
for Surfing the Psychic Waves with me today on InflowRadio.com. You can find me on Twitter at Christina Surfing or find me Surfing the Psychic Waves on SoundCloud or on Facebook and let me know what waves you're surfing. This show is brought to you by InflowRadio.com, the best curated talk radio network for personal development, wellness, spirituality, and conscious business. <laughs>